0: So the bar and bat mitzvah have really become a central part of our American Jewish identity. Um, Today, a significant majority of American Jewish children have a bar and bat mitzvah ceremony and or party, but most people don't know exactly what it is. Um, What does it mean? What does it entail and why it's so popular? Now, the truth is the reason why American Jews who keep very, very little of Judaism. Um, There's a handful of mitzvot that most Jews do keep today, Hanukkah, Passover, Yom Kippur, many do, um, the brisk circumcision. But perhaps the reason why bar and bat mitzvah celebrations have been so popular is because for Jews, particularly those with limited Jewish knowledge tend to make even more bigger and more extravagant bar mitzvahs. And it's possibly because it feels more like a Catholic confirmation. And um, unfortunately, many Jews today are more familiar with Christianity than they are with Judaism, given that we live in a majority Christian culture. And everybody around them is Christian, they don't hear much about Judaism. And so it could be for many Jews, they see what Christians are doing and so they kind of see it as a Jewish equivalent. Um, In Catholicism, it's very important. And so in the same way in Judaism, um, they presume that it's very important. Now, that's not to say that the Bar and Bat Mitzvah is not important. It is, but it seems to have therefore taken on a unique importance among Jews with very limited Jewish knowledge. But Bar and Bat Mitzvah is an important thing in Judaism. What exactly does it mean? So the word Bar and Bat Mitzvah means the master of a mitzvah. Bar means, is Aramaic for son, the equivalent to Ben in Hebrew. Um, bat is daughter um, in Hebrew. And what they would mean is, bar doesn't mean son of a mitzvah, but in Hebrew you could use, or in Aramaic, you could use the term bar to refer to as a person of. So for example, a, in Aramaic, there's a term bar samcha, a reliable person. Samcha means reliable. Bar means person. So bar can mean some but can also mean person. Bar mitzvah would then mean a person of a mitzvah. What does it mean a person of a mitzvah? A person who is obligated to fulfill God's commandments. So the Torah we know has 613 commandments and these commandments are given to all Jewish adults and who are required to fulfill all the commandments that are relevant to themselves. Now not all commandments are relevant to all people. Some commandments are relevant only to Kohanim, some only to the supreme council when we had one. Some are only relevant in the temple. Some are just for men, some just for women. So there are various commandments relevant to different people. There's a mitzvah to return a stolen object. If you stole it, it's only relevant to thieves. So, but we are obligated to fulfill all the mitzvot, all the commandments that are relevant to us. So. While God has expectations or commandments, those commandments are only for Jewish adults. God does not have commandments to children. God did not expect children to fulfill all of the commandments. Now, adults are obligated to teach children and train children in fulfillment of the commandments so that they should be ready to fulfill the commandments when they reach adulthood. We're also commanded to ensure that children do not transgress the negative commandments. So, for example, we're not, we have to make sure that children don't eat non-kosher. But that's not a commandment for the children, because the children have no responsibility. Jewish adults must make sure that Jewish children don't eat non-kosher or don't transgress other Jewish, other negative commandments. But they, they themselves are not obligated to fulfill the commandments until they reach adulthood. So bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah means someone who is, has reached adulthood and is obligated to follow and fulfill all of God's commandments. That's the definition of a bar and bat mitzvah. So bar, while we refer to it as an occasion or an event or a time, it's not really an occasion or event or a time. Every Jewish adult, is technically a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, an individual who is obligated in fulfilling God's commandments, a person of commandments, a person who has committed to God through the covenant we've made with God to fulfill those commandments. Children are not b'nai mitzvah, are not obligated in the commandments. When they reach adulthood, they're now obligated in the commandments. So what does it take to become Bar Mitzvah or Bat Mitzvah? What does it take to become obligated in following God's commandments? So in Judaism, there is no particular ceremony or action, different from Catholicism or other religions, there's no ceremony or action that needs to be done in order to become Bar Mitzvah, in order to become a member of God's covenant. It's automatic. If you're born into the faith, if you're born into Judaism, then automatically when you reach adulthood, you are automatically a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, automatically obligated to fulfill mitzvot. don't have to do anything. It happens by itself. When do you reach adulthood? So a Jewish adult becomes obligated to fulfill mitzvot or bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, when they reach puberty which is defined in halacha, which is defined in Jewish law, as having two pubic hairs after the age of 12 for a girl or 13 for a boy. So you must have reached a certain age and then have two pubic hairs. And at that age, you are officially bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. Now, given that nobody's going to bother checking um, if somebody is bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah would be improper to do so. So therefore the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council of Judaism in the early days of Judaism decreed that we're just going to use the 12th birthday for a girl and 13th birthday for a boy, the earliest time they can be bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah to define their bar or bat mitzvah. So while the actual rule that God gave Moses is that a person becomes bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, obligated, Jewish adults obligated in the commandments when they have two, when they reach puberty, which is defined as having two pubic hairs after the ages of 12 for a girl and 13 for a boy. Our sages said, any boy who reaches 13 and girl who reaches 12, will consider them adults um, for our purposes because we're not gonna be able to wait to check every individual and it would be improper to do so. Now, why indeed the girls become younger at 12, uh, become adults at 12 and boys at 13? Why do girls become adults younger than boys? So the Talmud asks that question and the Talmud explains that um, girls mature, not only do they physically mature earlier than boys, um, they reach puberty earlier than boys but girls also mature intellectually earlier than boys in the rule in the words of the talmud greater understanding is given to women over men women are generally smarter than men in the words of the talmud and so therefore it starts earlier um, so they reach um, they reach intellectual maturity at a younger age as well and so we see from, uh, and we see the Talmud mentions that we see, at least for the boys, this age of 13 from Shimon and Levi. Levi was 13 at the time, and they were considered adults when they attacked the city of Shechem. They were only 13 years old at the time. Now, ultimately though, we, the, now people often wonder, are you really 12? Are you really an adult at 12 or an adult at 13? Is there a logical reason for this, for these exact ages? So ultimately, this is a halakha le It is a rule that was given to Moses at Mount Sinai. And we don't ultimately have an explanation as to why when we reach puberty or 12 for a girl and 13 for a boy, um, are, are we officially adults in Jewish law? There's no, no reason for it. Just like all of God's commandments, And the Rebbe points out that just like commandments in general, while we do have reasons for some of the commandments, ultimately we do them because God told us to do so. So, so to the very obligation to fulfill the commandments, the age that we now become obligated itself is just, that's what God said, because he said it, therefore we do it, nothing more, no further, God didn't give us a reason why at that age we become adults. So, but what we do know is that as soon as a girl reaches 12 or 13 on the Jewish, and this is, of course, on the Jewish calendar, not on a secular calendar, but we Jews have our own calendar. But once you reach the age of 12 or 13 on the Jewish calendar, you're automatically obligated to fulfill all of the commandments of the Torah as part of this rabbinic injunction. And as soon as you reach that age, as soon as your birthday comes your Jewish birthday on the Jewish calendar, you are automatically b'nai mitzvah, obligated in following the commandments and no further ceremony is necessary. Nothing else has to happen. You are now obligated to fulfill the commandments. Any questions? So when When a child becomes bar mitzvah, not only do they have obligations, they also have certain privileges. For a boy, there's one mitzvah that we generally don't allow children to do. As a rule, we try to train children in all the mitzvahs before they reach adulthood, before they become b'nai mitzvahs that they know what to do and how to do it. However, there's one mitzvah because of its holiness that we don't allow children to do. And that is the mitzvah of wearing tefillin. Jewish men are required to wear tefillin daily as a sign of our relationship with God. Um, It's a mitzvah just for Jewish men. Um, Jewish women have that sign naturally, automatically. Um, We're told we have two signs, the sign of circumcision, the sign of tefillin, both of which women don't need because they have this automatic connection with God. But Jewish men wear tefillin. But because of the holiness of tefillin, we don't, wear, we don't allow children to wear tefillin. Once a Jewish boy reaches adulthood, once they reach their 13th Jewish birthday, they now are required to wear tefillin every single day. So that's one mitzvah that Jewish boys only begin to do after their bar, after they turn 13, after their 13th Jewish birthday, or they become bar mitzvah, obligated in mitzvah. Now, in addition to being b'nai mitzvah, being required in fulfilling mitzvot, they're also responsible in the mitzvah performance of every other Jew. and That's because of something called arvut. Arvut means we are guarantors. So when we stood at Sinai and made a covenant with God, we didn't only make a covenant. God said, you will be my holy people, my chosen people and you commit to keep my commandments. But as part of that covenant, God said, each one of you, every single Jew is responsible to ensure that every other Jew fulfill all the commandments of the Torah. And that's a concept of our vote We're all responsible to ensure that every other Jew follow all the commandments. So That responsibility only begins once we join God's covenant or become B'nai Mitzvah once we are obligated in God's commandments. Only once we reach that age of 12 or 13. Not only are we responsible ourselves to do all the mitzvot, but we're also responsible to ensure that every other Jew can perform, performs their mitzvot. Now, because of that, Because we have a responsibility to ensure that every other Jew performs mitzvot, we can do mitzvot on behalf of other people. So we could lead prayers for others and recite prayers on behalf of others, since we're responsible to ensure that they recite their prayers. We could read the Torah for others, since we're responsible to make sure they read the Torah, hear the Torah being read. We can Uh, We we can make kiddush or havdalah for others because we have a responsibility for them. We can um, blow the shofar for others or build a sukkah or build an eruv or many other mitzvot we can do for other people because we ourselves have a responsibility to ensure that they do their mitzvah as well. But that only begins once we have that responsibility. So a child will not be able to lead services in, the synagogue because they don't they themselves are not yet responsible to ensure that everybody fulfill their mitzvah they wouldn't be able to read from the torah or recite the blessings on the torah or blow the shofar for others or build a sukkah or build an eruv or um, any of the many mitzvah that we can help others fulfill a child who's not yet obligated to ensure that others fulfill their mitzvah would not be able to do it once a uh, Once they reach adulthood, bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, now they're able to do mitzvot on behalf of others. So a Jewish boy would now be able to lead services in the synagogue, say the blessings, and the kaddish on behalf of others, once they're bar mitzvah, they'd be able to read from the Torah, they'd be able to say the blessings before and after the reading of the Torah, we call that the aliyah, they'd be able to read from the half Torah. Our sages also encouraged that Jewish men, should pray with a minion with a group of ten and there are certain parts of prayers we can only say when we have a group of ten men together and so the Jewish boy can only be counted as part of that group once they're obligated to pray which would only be once they've reached the age of bar mitzvah so these are things that um, these are things that both boys and girls can only do once they reach the age of bar mitzvah Most of the things that are most noticeable are in the synagogue, in synagogue services traditionally are um, led by men only. And so because of that, um, the real notice or the real difference, in other words, being able to now lead services, being able to now read the Torah is really something that's noticed for the bar mitzvah, not so much for the bat mitzvah, since girls traditionally don't lead services in the synagogue. Um, Why they don't is a discussion of its own. We had a class on it some time ago, but um, definitely a subject that we should address again, why traditionally um, the synagogue services was always male led But there are many other mitzvot that one can help another fulfill, and for all of those mitzvot, one would only be able to do it once they reach adulthood. Any questions? So what then does a bar and bat mitzvah ceremony entail? So the answer is nothing. Nothing. If you open Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, or open any other books of Jewish law, there is no halacha, no laws of a bar mitzvah ceremony or bat mitzvah ceremony. It doesn't exist in Jewish law. No such thing. There is no, nothing that a boy has to do to become bar mitzvah. They, it happens automatically when they hit 13. Nothing a girl has to do to, be, to become bat mitzvah it happens automatically when she reaches 12. There is no required ceremony whatsoever. None. Now, historically, bar mitzvah boys, boys that hit the age of bar mitzvah, would usually receive an aliyah. Aliyah means they would get called up to the Torah to recite the blessing before and after the reading of the Torah. And they'd usually do it on the first opportunity after their 13th Jewish birthday. We read the Torah three days a week, Mondays, Thursdays, and Shabbat. And usually the first opportunity, Monday, Thursday, or Shabbat, after their 13th birthday, they get called up to the Torah. This is not required, this is a custom. Over the years we've had various what we call honors, in other words, in honor of certain occasions, people get called up to the Torah. For example, a groom before their wedding or in the week after their wedding gets called up to the Torah. A father of a new child, a new baby, gets called up to the Torah. Someone who has a yard site the week before one's parents. Yard site is coming up, one gets called up to the Torah. So there are various life milestones where we honor the individual by calling them up to the Torah. So, also a bar mitzvah boy, it's a major life milestone. So, it's a Jewish tradition to call up the boy to the Torah on the first opportunity. It's not required, it's a custom um, that developed over the years. It's not required, but and it's something that. You can receive an Aliyah, you can get called up to the Torah at any time. For any major milestone, we get called up to the Torah. And so the boy should get called up to the Torah at the first opportunity once he is Bar Mitzvah. Now, in the late 19th century, first in Germany, and then in the United States, many Jewish boys began to read from the Torah. There's no early source for this, this began in the past 150 years, um, it appears to have begun as a way for parents to show off their son's talents to the community. In Germany, in particular, um, it appears the Jewish community in the 19th century was very competitive and so they would have their son lead the services to show his talents and singing read from the Torah. And it was kind of a way to show off their son's talents. It was very competitive in the communities then. Um, German Jews brought it over to the United States. And for whatever reason, American Jewry have always been very competitive in showing themselves off um, for good and for bad. Um, it's been one of our challenges um, trying to, um, what's the show, uh, um, doing the co- out doing the Cohen's? Um, So, you know, we've always tried to outdo each other um, in our Jewish communities. It's been a way to show off their children's talents to the community. Over time, in the United States in particular, because most children did not go to Jewish schools and they only went to Hebrew school. Now, keeping children in Hebrew school is very difficult because children don't want to go to Hebrew school. Why should they? It's extra school. Who wants to go to extra school? Um, And parents often don't feel such a need. So over time, synagogues actually figured out that what they can do is they can keep it, keep the bar and bat mitzvah as a leash to keep children in Hebrew school telling them, if you don't stay in Hebrew school through the seventh grade, we won't teach you how to read from the Torah. You only get to learn how to read from the Torah if you stay in Hebrew school. So that's become a leash um, and many synagogues have employed that. Just to get the kids to stay in Hebrew school, um, parents possibly because um, possibly because of the comparison to um, Christian confirmation, see the great value in Bar and Bat Mitzvah and therefore push their children to stay in Hebrew school and go through the ceremony. And the synagogue encourages them to read from the Torah um, in order that um, in order for them to, I guess, stay there. Personally, I think. The reading from the Torah is a huge waste of time for children. Um, They really won't ever use it again. Um, If they do, if you can teach your child to read from the Torah long term, that's great, but if they're never going to use it again because they don't read Hebrew that well, um, it's really not a great thing. It gives them a negative feeling for Judaism. Um, I I don't encourage it. I don't think it's a great thing for children to do. Uh, There's so many better things they can study. We need to educate children. And most children that only go to Hebrew school once a week have such limited Jewish knowledge. We need to use all the time we have to increase their Jewish knowledge as much as possible and give them a love and warmth for Judaism. Um, Yet, if a family and child wants to do it, and the reality is that in our community, most parents do want to do it, uh, we would not in any way discourage them from doing something if they want to do it. It's not necessarily a bad thing. So in short, there is no ceremony for a bar mitzvah. There is no ceremony for a bat mitzvah in Jewish traditions. Um, doing ceremonies like we re- accept is a custom for a Jewish boy to get called up to the Torah first time um, that they have the opportunity to do so. Doing a ceremony like reading from the Torah is unnecessary, but if you want to do it, why not? And uh, many people do want to do it, uh, many synagogues encourage it, as we said before, as a way to keep children in their Hebrew schools. Um, I guess it's a good thing that children are staying in Hebrew school and at least learning something about Judaism. Any questions? Yeah, I guess some of this is surprising. Um, it's not shared with you. I guess some synagogues had a, have an incentive not to share it. Um, but we're trying to. But we're trying. Um, we're. Uh, I'm just giving you the facts the way they are, telling you the truth. So now, of course, the most important part of a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah is the party. Now, while the party doesn't make someone bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, your bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah the moment you turn. A girl turns 12, or a boy turns 13. But it's a great moment to celebrate. It's a life, um, it's a major life milestone. It's a major occasion. You've reached adulthood, um, Jewish adulthood. You now are part of God's covenant, obligating God's commandments. It's a great reason to celebrate. The Torah tells us that Abraham made a big feast for Isaac when he grew up. According to one opinion in the Midrash, that was his bar mitzvah. He celebrated his bar mitzvah. So Isaac was the first one to have a bar mitzvah party, celebrating his bar mitzvah. The Zohar tells us that the great sage, Rabbi Shimon, made a party for his son, Elazar, when he turned 13, a bar mitzvah party, and he made it as big as a wedding. Some people wonder, some are sometimes upset they make bar mitzvahs as big as weddings. But Rabbi Shimon, the author of the Zohar, was the first one to do so. The Talmud tells us about the great sage, Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef was one of the great Talmudic sages, but he was blind. And he was in doubt as to whether somebody who was blind is obligated to follow God's commandments. There was a debate in the Talmud about it, and he was in doubt as to whether or not he was obligated, being blind, obligated to follow the commandments. Now, he kept fulfilled God's commandments regardless, but he hoped that he was obligated, since doing a mitzvah when obligated to do it is much, much greater than doing a mitzvah when you are not obligated to do so. The rule, of course, is that even someone who's blind is obligated to do mitzvot, but Rav Yosef was in doubt because of this Talmudic debate over it. And so in the Talmud, he says that when he discovers that he's obligated to fulfill mitzvot, if someone can confirm to him that that's the law, he will make a big party because there's no greater celebration than being part of God's covenant and being obligated to fulfill God's commandments. And so for that reason, when a boy is obligated, reaches 13, they're obligated to follow mitzvot, they're obligated to follow God's commandments, they should make a big party. So the bar mitzvah party, in other words, making a party, for when a boy turned 13 has been common in almost all Jewish communities or in all Jewish communities throughout much of our history um, in whether in Eastern Europe, in Western Europe, in the Middle East, all Jewish communities made parties for boys when they turned 13, though they certainly were not as extravagant as parties today, but they did make such parties. And um, we definitely should continue to do so, should continue to make a party for a boy who turns bar mitzvah. Now, throughout much of history, they generally did not celebrate bat mitzvahs. They did not make parties for girls who turned 12. And halachic scholars already going back hundreds of years have asked why. Why is it that It's common for Jews to make parties for boys turning 13. It's not common for Jews to make parties for girls who turn 12. Um, Some There's various explanations that were offered as to why it is so. Some say because the bat mitzvah privileges are not as visible, since most of the privileges involve leading synagogue services, and girls don't lead synagogue services in Jewish traditions regardless, and so therefore it wasn't celebrated. Others suggest, the Maagein Avraham suggests that it's because, sorry, the Prima Gadim suggests that it's because girls are not obligated to study Torah in the same way boys are, and therefore we don't celebrate their bat mitzvah in the same way. But many have suggested that we should celebrate a bat mitzvah. The Ben Ishai Rav Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, who lived about 150 years ago, strongly encourages girls to celebrate bat mitzvahs and says that girls in Baghdad did celebrate it. Um, Rabbi Yechiel Weinberg, who was um, one of the um, greatest scholars of the early, of the early 20th century um, in his book, Sriday Eish um, writes that more than a century ago, there was very little Jewish education for girls as well. Throughout much of Jewish history, Jews, girls were taught to read and write. They were taught to read the Torah, to read the Chumash, um, the Hebrew book of Torah, but that was about it. They weren't sent to schooling and taught Talmud um, like boys were. Uh, However, today, in the last hundred years, we've built Jewish schools for girls because today we recognize the importance of Jewish education for girls. Why should they be left out? So he argues by the same argument, why should they be left out for bat mitzvahs? There was never a real reason, there was never a strong reason not to celebrate girls' bat mitzvahs, and therefore we should definitely celebrate them today. Now there were some scholars, notably Rav Moshe Feinstein, who was the, um, one of the greatest um, Jewish scholars and halachic authorities here in the United States in the 20th century, who were against it, who felt it was a copy of Christianity, um, copying the confirmation and were forbidden in Judaism to copy other religions. However, many other scholars, including Ravovaji Yosef, um, the former chief rabbi of Israel, strongly encourage girls to celebrate bat mitzvahs. And today, there's no question that most Jewish girls um, in all communities, both secular com- um, or less religious Jewish communities and very religious Jewish communities, most girls do celebrate their bat mitzvahs with a party and they definitely should do so. However, it's important to note that though the bar and bat mitzvah parties are very important, we mentioned before they don't make you bar and bat mitzvah, you become bar mitzvah when you turn 13, bat mitzvah when you turn 12, but we definitely should celebrate it with a party, but it's important to remember what we're celebrating is the obligation to fulfill mitzvot. So it would be counterproductive to celebrate the obligation to fulfill mitzvot by Transgressing God's commandments. You wouldn't want to celebrate your obligation to fulfill God's commandments by breaking those commandments. So it's really important that any bar mitzvah ceremony not transgress any of God's commandments, not involve Shabbat desecration, music or partying on Shabbat. Um, shouldn't involve uh, shouldn't involve non-kosher food. Um, you celebrate the obligation to keep the mitzvah of kosher by eating non-kosher food would be unacceptable. So there's no question that even somebody who perhaps, because they weren't raised with mitzvot, with God's commandments, um, be, just because the way they were raised and therefore don't necessarily keep kosher in their own personal lives, don't keep Shabbat. There's no question if you're celebrating, they should still celebrate Bar and bat Mitzvah because everybody reaches Bar and bat Mitzvah, regardless of their level of religious observance, but when you celebrate it, definitely celebrate it in a kosher way, with kosher food, not, uh, if you're gonna do it on Shabbat without music and um, dancing, if you want the music and dancing, which is fine, don't do it on Shabbat, do it after Shabbat or during, or on Sunday or a different day of the week. Uh, but it's important when celebrating, the party is very important. Um, we've been doing at least the bar mitzvah party for, much of Jewish history and um, in all Jewish communities, and there's no reason we shouldn't do bat mitzvah parties as well. However, when we do so, it's really important that remember we're celebrating mitzvahs. So we do it in a way that we're keeping God's commandments, at least the celebration, even if one doesn't do it in one's private life. Now, although there's no ceremony necessary for bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs, party very important, as we said, your bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah, with or without the party. party is still important. We should celebrate it. However, the speech is a very important part of it. Not that one needs to give a speech in order to become bar or bat mitzvah. It's automatic. However, there was a tradition for many years to have a bar mitzvah speech. Now, today, I go to a lot of bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. And a lot of the speeches are a mix of, of the bar mitzvah boy or bar mitzvah girl, or a mix of jokes with thank yous, and maybe a little Torah thought about the Parsha. Traditionally, though, the Bar Mitzvah boy at their bar mitzvah at their bar mitzvah party would give a pilpul. A pilpul is an in-depth Torah analysis. So an in-depth discussion of a Torah topic and treat it in great depth. And the speech would explain and clarify a Torah concept, often with novel teachings that either the father would prepare or a teacher would prepare. Um, and that's because as part of the boy's celebration of adulthood is the mitzvah of studying Torah. And so no better way to celebrate than have the boy essentially present a thesis, like you would do for your um, like you would do in college, for your graduation present, um, to get your degree, present a thesis. So that's what a pilpul is. And the boy would present a thesis on a Jewish topic. And that was that was always the tradition. Every bar mitzvah boy would present a pilpul, a thesis on a Jewish topic. And um, definitely today, the boys, you could say thank you for all the people who came and your parents who helped you get here and everything else. That's fine. That's a wonderful thing. But that's fine. That's a wonderful thing to pres- to say thank yous and maybe make a few jokes. But it's important to share a pill pole, share a thesis of a Jewish topic in preparation for one's bar mitzvah. One should review a Jewish thing, review a topic in Torah, study it in great depth, and then present it. And there's no reason why. Um, now in in there's no reason why bar mitzvah girls. Shouldn't do the same, should also study a Jewish topic in detail and present a pilpul, present a thesis of a Jewish topic for their bat mitzvah, not just a speech of thank yous and um, some jokes. But they should, and maybe a short Torah thought, they should present a pilpul, a thesis. It's not required. It's not an obligation. It's not a condition to becoming bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah, but it's definitely a Jewish custom and tradition and a beautiful thing to do, a great way of celebrating reaching adulthood. Now, in Hasidic communities, the speech in Hasidic communities, the speech was, uh, in addition to the regular speech, in addition to the pilpul, they would also offer they would also offer a mamer. A mamer is a um, Hasidic discourse or a Hasidic thesis on Hasidic topics as well. So in addition to a general thesis on a halachic, a legal topic or or another topic in Torah, they would also discuss a mimer, which would be an essay from an earlier Hasidic rabbi, from a Hasidic teacher on a Hasidic thesis. There's actually a common in Chabad, there's a common mimer that all bar mitzvah boys do that starts with the words itabem medrash tilim, it says in the um, medrash of uh, in the Midrash on Tilim about, and discusses about how God puts on fillin as well and what that means. Now there's one other part to the Bar Mitzvah. It's a tradition in, um, it, it's a Jewish tradition that when the boy gets called up to the Torah uh, for the first time after their Bar Mitzvah, the father says a blessing and the blessing is Baruch Sheptarani Me'onesh Halazet. Blessed is God for exempting me for punishment for this child. Now there's a number of, this um, blessing is already mentioned in the Midrash and it's mentioned already um, by early Rishonim, by early um, scholars, and appears to have been common in, um, uh, appears to have been done throughout all Jewish communities, throughout much of our history. There was some debate as to whether this blessing should be said with the words, Baruch Ata Hashem, Elokeinu melech Olam, or not. And there's various traditions. Some communities do with God, do it. Many communities do not. Um, but why do we make this blessing? So, one explanation at least is that parents are required to train and educate their child until they reach adulthood. If we fail as parents to do so, we fail to educate our children, we fail to bring them to adulthood properly. If we fail to educate them properly, then we get punished for not having properly educated our children. So having now brought them to adulthood, hopefully successfully, we say, thank you, God, for having exempted me for punishment for this child or have aided me in bringing this child successfully to adulthood. There's some debate among halachic scholars as to whether this should be said just for boys or for girls as well. Generally, the Ashgadazic tradition is to just recite it for boys while Sephardic, Jews recite it for boys and girls as well. So we now know that for a child to become bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah means obligated to fulfill commandments, which essentially means a Jewish adult, because Jewish children are not obligated to fulfill God's commandments. You become bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah um, according to the Torah law, when you reach puberty, which is defined once one has two pubic hairs post ages 12 for a girl and age 13 for a boy. Our sages, the Sanhedrin decree that all children, once a girl reaches 12 and a boy reaches 13, is considered bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah. It's automatic. There is no ceremony, nothing required. It happens when you reach that age on the Jewish calendar. Automatically, you are now obligated to fulfill mitzvot. Um, There is no ceremony whatsoever required. Um, though boys generally get an aliyah at the first opportunity and the father makes a blessing, but it's not required at all. Um, definitely what is not required to read from the Torah. Um, traditionally, we did make a party for boys, and in the last hundred years or so, we've been making parties for girls as well to celebrate becoming bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah, and we definitely should make such a party and celebrate. Um, at the party, um, there's no need for any ceremony. Um, but rather than a speech, tradition is that the child gives a or a thesis of a Torah concept at the, uh, at the party. Um, but other than that, there is no other ceremony required whatsoever. Now, I know a lot of this is shocking. For whatever reason, rabbis don't like to share this. Maybe they have a personal interest in keeping the bar mitzvah industry going. Um, but this is the honest truth. This is really what, Bar and bat mitzvah really means. Any questions before we conclude, or comments? Yeah, I'm I'm glad to. uh, I'm glad to hear my grandchildren, who are, you know, from a mixed marriage with the mother being Jewish, that even though they refuse to have a bar mitzvah, they at least uh, are bar mitzvah. Automatically, regardless. Absolutely, Marla.
1: Um my granddaughter, when she had her bat mitzvah, was required to have to do a mitzvah of her own. That was some kind of um, good deed that was not, was her own idea. And she did something that was for the welfare of the community, um, is that-
0: The biggest synagogues encourage children to do mitzvahs, mitzvah project. Um, that's a beautiful thing. It's not a requirement to become borrow bat mitzvah, it's automatic. Um, But it's a great thing for children, regardless, to do mitzvah projects, to do it in honor of their bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah is beautiful. uh, No reason why not. Uh, I would definitely encourage such a thing.
1: And even though um, they belong to reform um, and she is autistic, uh, she very much wanted to have this. And she gave uh, her speech was all about... um, um, why am I blocking age, um, the uh, the burning bush. And it was, um, she talked about the fact that it was, that God offered it to someone who couldn't speak very well. And he thought that maybe his brother should speak for him and do it instead. And God said, no, you do it. And she said, I don't speak very well. And she, has a, and she does have speech issues and she said, I will not just, just as the, just as the Torah says, I will not use it as an excuse not to serve God. And the the whole room cheered up because everybody knows her story. But even in this reform temple, which I know some people look down on, they had the heart and the spirit of, and and she, and they, they do allow the girls to go up to the Bema. She actually read, she actually led services on Friday night and Saturday night and had her party on Sunday.
0: Well, wow. Lewis, you want to add something?
1: Um, I, I guess um, the thought is that, uh, like when you have the census, that's age 20 and above, uh, going to the army is 20 and above. So how do you draw that comparison between that those aspects of really being a man as opposed to the bar mitzvah, is 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 the bar mitzvah really just kind of tradition, as opposed to the uh, the uh, age twenty issues that are expressly stated in the Torah?
0: So the thirteen and twelve is not expressly stated in the Torah. It's part of what we call halachah Moshe It was taught. By, Moses at two, by God to Moses at Mount Sinai and passed down orally from generation to generation and found in our oral traditions. Um, the Bar and Bat Mitzvah is when a person's obligated to fulfill God's commandments. The age 20 is when a person would go to the army, when they would go fight. 12 and 13, we recognize, I guess, is too young to fight. So what we've now discovered is that all adults are considered Bar Mitzvah and Bat Mitzvah. Obligated to fulfill God's commandments. It doesn't. It's not a specific day in your life. Your bar mitzvah, but you're really bar mitzvah for life. Right. It's not just a milestone, but it's a definition of who we are. We are bnei mitzvah. We are people who are obligated to fulfill mitzvahs. Right. We mentioned the term bar mitzvah, or bat mitzvah means a person of a mitzvah. Bar son. Right. We said can also mean the mean person like bar samcha is a reliable person, bar mitzvah, a mitzvah person. That's essentially what it means. Bar mitzvah is a male mitzvah person or bat mitzvah, a mitzvah person. That's essentially what we are. Now, interestingly, it's pointed out, we Jews are not called mechuyav mitzvah obligated to fulfill commandments, but mitzvah people. We're not considered people who are obligated to fulfill commandments or people who are committed to fulfill commandments. In Hebrew, you would say, but we call ourselves bar mitzvah, mitzvah people. Meaning that doing a mitzvah is not just an obligation, but it is the definition of who we are. We Jews are not regular people. We are people with whom God has made a covenant. We are people defined as b'nai mitzvah people of a mitzvah. We are mitzvah people. Our lives are mitzvahs. Our focus in our life, we're not just something that we do. We do lots of different things. And one of the things that we do is we do mitzvahs as well. But no, we are b'nai mitzvah. We are mitzvah people. That's what we do. and That's why when a person reaches, when a child reaches bar mitzvah age or bat mitzvah age, it's such a great celebration. Because, as we mentioned from Rav Yosef in the Talmud earlier, being obligated to fulfill mitzvahs, being a, becoming a mitzvah person, is the greatest thing that we can have. We are mitzvah people. Our whole lives are now revolve around fulfilling mitzvahs. And that's who we are as the Jewish people. That's what I'm going to leave you with, this message that bar mitzvahs, not just for the 12 and 13-year-old, but for all of us. Our very definition as people is b'nai mitzvah, people who are obligated to fulfill mitzvahs. So...